Time marches on and leaves behind those who are not equipped for tomorrow. We cannot predict what will happen in the future, but we at Regent University aim to prepare you for it. With world-class professors and over 150 programs, the opportunities to find success in your field are many. So don't let tomorrow pass you by. The journey to your brightest future begins here. Visit regent.edu slash learn more. You get people all the time being bored with God, being bored with discipline. But discipline is the only way you mature. I guarantee you ain't, you're not bored with going to work five days a week. Well, God calls you to that too. Because through that discipline, you mature and you become rooted and grounded. And like an oak tree planted by the rivers of water, you can bring forth abundant fruit. Most long-distance runners know that to start out of the chute, right out of the gate at the beginning of the race with all the strength you have, is to ruin your chances for finishing that long-distance race. You've spent all of your energy at the beginning instead of saving up for the end. There is a good lesson there for us as believers in Christ. Welcome to Way of Grace with Pastor Jessica Stand from Grace Bible Church in Hayward. Our time today returns us to Isaiah chapter 40, verses 28 through 31, as we continue with our final look at a message called Finishing Well. The presence of Christ in us is what gives us the ability to finish well, as well as the power of the true God in and through us. Join us, won't you, for a very encouraging look at what it means to finish well. Here's Pastor Jessica Stand with today's broadcast of Way of Grace. You may not have materialized it yet, but you have a fabulous factory in which you are creating all kinds of gods, and you are simply waiting your time to roll your God out and show it to the world. Look at my God. (laughs) And God says, to whom will you even begin to liken me? I wish I had time. Because see, right here, God preaches himself. For the next umpteen verses, God preaches his own ontological aseity, absolute singularity, his infinitude of power, his reach, his scope, his transcendence, his brilliance, his otherness. And he demands that you recognize there's no one like God ever anywhere. Everything that was made, God made it. All of it. Every glorious kingdom, every glorious nation, every glorious country God made. He made the stars, all gazillion of them. The galaxies, all multi-gazillions of them. He named them all by name, each one of them. And he could get rid of them in a picosecond and start all over again. And watch this. Here we go. Watch this now. God never gets tired. God never gets tired. That's where we're going, aren't we? God shows us through creation his eternal power and Godhead so that we are without excuse. He shows us how he upholds all nations. The kingdom of God rules over men, does it not? 
He shows us how he sustains every living soul, including you and me. And then he shows us that we start to question God when we get weary. When we get weary, and God said, you might get weary. Ain't no doubt about it, but not me. Not me. Point number three. If we've looked at under point number two, the perishing of all carnal men, proud men being brought low, idolatry and apostasy scorned, Here's what I want you to see in point number three for time's sake. The power of the true God. Do you see it? The power of the true God. Here it is. Verse 21. Have you not known? And have you not heard? And hath it not been told to you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundation of the earth? That it is he that sits on the circle of the earth. That in, listen now, that whose inhabitants are as grasshoppers. God stretches out the heavens as a curtain and spreadeth them out like a tent to dwell in. Y'all don't get the imagery there, right? And when he said the heavens, I'm talking about all of them. Ain't nothing but a curtain for God to kick back and chill, chill in his own glory. He says, and then he spreads them out as a tent to dwell in. He brings the princes to nothing. He maketh the judges of the earth vanity, Yea, they shall not be planted. Yea, they shall not be sown. Their stock shall not take root in the earth. And he shall, he shall also blow upon them, and they shall what? And the whirlwind shall take them away as stubble. To whom then will you liken me? Or I shall be equal to, saith the Holy One. Lift up your eyes on high, and behold, who hath created all this? that bringeth out their hosts by number, calling them all by name, by the greatness of his might. For he is strong in power, and not one of what God says fails. Now why are you saying, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel, my way is hid from the Lord, and my judgment is passed over by my God? Do you see it? This is where you and I are, ladies and gentlemen, when we get in trouble. You know what we say? God don't understand what I'm going through. Lord, I have, to, I have to help you out. I got to inform you as to what I'm going through. I got a couple bills, Lord. I got a couple bills, Lord. I got a couple bills. Lord, they're going to take the car away, the car that you idolatrize. Lord, they're going to take the house away, the house that you idolatrize. Lord, they're going to take, the, I'm going to lose my job, the, the job that you decided to abandon the worship of God for. You, you bought into all these idols to deliver you, and when these idols are now starting to topple over by the hand, God was scratching his ear, and they started toppling over. And now you want to call on God to deliver you. And here we are, here we are as we get ready to close. Very simple proposition as we started. Point number four. Are you there? God gives an amazing offer in verses 28 through 31 that I'll simply call the presence of Christ in us to finish well. He says this in verse 29. Are you there? God giveth power to the faint. Do you see it? Stay here. He giveth power 
to the faint when the faint ask for it, not presume upon it and not seek it from another place. But when they recognize they are faint and they call upon the Lord and ask God in humility to help, help them, God gives power to the faint. Have you ever been near a child of God? In the extremity of your trouble, when you are brought so low, and the only thing you can do is ask. When, when, when it's all done, when, when, if, if your prayers aren't even in Elizabethan old King James language, you ain't even got that no more. Yeah, your pray- you, you can't even gild your prayers to sound holy. Lord, I'm in trouble. Right? I'm, Lord, here's how some of us do it. You know, Lord, you know, you know, you know, you know. Just like that, right? You know, you know, you know. He giveth power to the faint. And to them that have no mind, he increases strength. He increases strength when they ask. When they ask. When they ask. Even the youth shall faint and be weary. Don't trust in young people. They'll faint on you. Young people have fainted on me more times than has been comfortable. <laughs> Woe unto the church that builds its ministry on young people. Young people don't have any strength at all. I'm here to testify. They look good, but in the hour of trial, they disappear on you and blame you for trusting them. You can't trust young people in the hour of trial. Love them and use them in the day of prosperity. But in the day of trouble, you better go to the rock that is higher than them. Do you hear me? I love my young people. I was, I was young once. And y'all got a lot of promise. But promise and reality is two different things. Way two different things. I am under no delusions. I am under no illusions. God has to work in you the humility and availability for God to use your potential or all you are is an empty promise, young person. Do you hear me? We love you, but you haven't accomplished a thing. Got it? You're just potential. Just potential. Potential is like a seed that still has to go in the ground and die, and then bear fruit, and we still got to wait for the fruit, right? Do you hear me? Even the youth will faint and be weary, and we heard it this morning, the young man shall utterly what? Oh, as young men, we fall all the time. Do we not, brothers? As young men, we fall all the time, and what we do by falling is we tell men and women explicitly, we are not the Savior. We tell them we are not the Savior. <laughs> Don't look to me to save you. I can't save myself. Didn't you see me just fall? Didn't you just see me fall? Now you can watch how I get up now. You can watch how I get up. I'm going to get up the same way you're going to get up, by calling on the name of the Lord, confessing my sin, 
acknowledging my rebellion, asking him to wash me in his blood, to recuperate me by his spirit. But there is no hope to be had in the young man. And here we go, verse 31. Verse 31. But they that what? Hold your position. I'm going to preach this out of here now. Hold your position. Hold your position. Believe God for showing up in your night season. Hold your position. Wait on God, young person. Wait on God, old person. Wait on God, you couple that are struggling like hell. Don't move. Hold your position. Believe God to come through miraculously the way God knows how to come through. God has called you to trust him. He made you to trust him. That means you stand still until the wind blows. Until the wind blows. Until the wind blows. Because he uses the metaphor of an eagle. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up. Do you see it? Stay right here. They shall mount up. The man or the woman that waits on God, that believes God is the only one that can deliver them, is like the eagle who knows how to wait for the proper current to come back by. Are you hearing me? Stay with me. And your job is to do one thing, wait, and when the wind blows again, are you ready? Simply raise your hands. Raise your hands. Raise the arms of faith and let the wind blow up under the arms of faith and lift you up, lift you up, lift you up lift you up. I call this the dynamic of mounting. God knows how to come through and lift you up, pick you up, lift you up, and cause you to soar again, cause you to fly again. And it was not by your power, and it was not by your might, and it was not by your strength, for your wings had to cooperate with his wind. The wings of faith had to wait on the wind of the Holy Ghost to come back through and lift you up and lift you up. And I love this uh, mounting dynamic because it's the picture of God rescuing us. God rescuing us, Exodus 19, 4. And I picked you up, and I took you up, and I gathered you up on eagle's wings, and I brought you to myself. See, in your trouble, you need God to rescue you. You need him to come through and raise you up. And what's beautiful about how God does it, he will lift you up so high above all your enemies and your foes that you get to look down on them with a bird's eye view and realize that God had brought you out of trouble. He had lifted you up way above your trouble. Now you can look down, you got a bird's eye view, and you can figure this thing out. Am I making some sense? He delivers you. He rescues you. He privileges you to be his own so that now you are able to get past your trouble. He says, not only for those who wait, going back to our text, please, not only for those who wait on the Lord shall he renew their strength, but watch this now. He says, they shall run and not be what? I call this the discipline of running. And I want you to get it. I'm going to close it here. The discipline of running. What do we mean by that? We all are running in a race, right? And God has told us over and over and over and over and over again to run this race with patience. Are you hearing me? 
And sometimes we are impatient. And in our impatience, we run out of gas. We don't even make it up the hill. Right, because we're trying to get to the goal so quick that we're failing to learn the experience that come in the process of running with God. Stay with me now. Hebrews chapter 12 plainly says we are to run this race with endurance and patience, doing what? Looking unto Jesus. Looking unto Jesus. And when you are running and you take your eyes off of Christ, you can't do anything but go off the course. You can't do anything but run out of gas. I have seen more believers than I want to admit to on the side of the road. You did run well. Who did hinder you? What did hinder you from stopping running? Now you got a million excuses while you haven't kept running for God, while you haven't kept looking to Christ, while you haven't kept pursuing God. You're on the side of the road with flat tires. Are y'all hearing me? The run requires discipline. It requires the temperance of the Holy Ghost. And what that does, it requires you to humble yourself to realize that God does not want you to run swiftly because the race is not to the swift. He doesn't want you to run with pride because it's not given to the strong. He wants you to endure because that discipline gives opportunity for God to manifest his glory in your life. Now, here's the problem with discipline. It don't feel good. How many of you guys like me? I don't like to run. And the only reason I don't like to run is because I don't like the pain. I always start off slow, and then I end up running fast. Now, the reason I run fast is because I want to finish earlier. (laughs) Does that make sense? Right. I'm trying to wait for my body to settle in and get that third breath they call third wind. Anybody know about that third wind where you kind of just in cruise control. You're running like you can just run forever. You know, I see these people, they can run forever. I'm feeling tormented when I run. I'm feeling tormented. Every part of my body says, man, I want to quit. I want to quit. And I pick it up in order to get it done. That's not how God wants you to do it. He wants you to be disciplined. You guys hear what I'm saying? Disciplined people are people who finish well, and they shall walk and not faint. So let me show you how this digression really corresponds to two things. How God in his mercy saves us and mounts us up. And we find ourselves by the spirit of God and by the work of grace and the providence of God in our life, being new creatures in Christ and discovering the glories of God in our walk with him and the walk that we have with the people of God. And because we are in heavenly places, we are privileged to see and comprehend and enjoy things we never could because we are at the right hand of God in Christ. Does that make sense? And God is pleased to use us as he has me, as he will you, if you trust him in ways that you could never imagine all over the world. Are you hearing me? Because it's not by power nor by might, but by his spirit. So the Spirit of God does things in our lives that are inexplicable. We can't explain why God opens doors and why God does what he does, but he does it because we are men and women called to co-join and labor together with God when you wait on God. And over time, as you mature in the faith, guess what you learn how to do? You learn how to temper it out. Temper it out because there are tempered paradigms that God wants us to keep up. You get people all the time being bored with God, being bored with discipline. But discipline is the only way you mature. I guarantee you ain't, you're not bored with going to work five days a week. You're not bored with going to the same job at the same time with the same people 
every day doing the same thing, well, God calls you to that too. Because through that discipline, you mature and you become rooted and grounded. And like an oak tree planted by the rivers of water, you can bring forth abundant fruit. These are mature people in the faith. Are you hearing me? When you meet mature people in the faith, they have that characteristic of the Holy Ghost where they walk in temperance. Am I making some sense? Temperance. They're not tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. They're not moved by new things. Because those of us who know theology, we know that if it's new, most of the time it's not true. It's just a package over heresy. Once again, trying to knock Christ off his throne. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Ain't nothing new but Christ. Ain't nothing new but the gospel. Ain't nothing new but the grace of God, the new covenant, the new blood, the new testament, and new creatures in Christ. Am I making sense? Closing out here, and this is for you older people, walking, walking. They shall walk and not faint. You see the digression? You see going from the soaring to the running to the walking? This is the way our Lord Jesus came into the world. He came into the world, born of a woman, made under the law, to redeem those that were under the curse of the law. And in the fullness of time, the Holy Ghost lifted him up. Do y'all remember? Matthew chapter 4, and the wind blew, and all of a sudden he entered into ministry for two and a half years where he's just soaring, soaring, doing mighty works, affirming his Messiahship, miracles and messages beyond compare. And then all of a sudden, guess what he begins to do? Because he knew his time was coming, he began to discipline himself and temper his walk. You know what he would say? My time is not yet. So he was discreet in where he went. He was discreet in what he said. He was discreet in who he hung out with. And then there came a season where he began to walk. One night with his disciples in John 13, after they had the last uh, uh, Passover and the first Lord's table, you know what he did? He said, come on now, we got to go. And he started walking. And his disciples walked with him. And he walked all the way to his destiny. And you know where his destiny was? The cross. For this purpose came I into the world. And to this end have I come. And you watched your Savior walk a walk of dignity, didn't you? He didn't run from nobody. He didn't hide from nobody. He walked patiently, regally, royally, like a master, like a king, like a God who knew he had the whole world in his hand. His Father had given him everything, and he knew his time had come. And with dignity... Not shame, not guilt, dignity. He walked with his hands out, and he let them take him. No man takes his life from him. He laid it down of himself. With dignity, he walked all the way to the tree, and he hung on the tree between heaven and hell as a substitute for sinners because he was the dignity of God. He was the dynamic of God. He was the discipline of God. He is the strength of God. He is the revelation of God. He is the power of God. And when he hung on that tree, having walked all the way to Calvary, he bore the weight of the wrath of Almighty God on his shoulders for guilty, hell-bound sinners like you and me. Regally, regally, regally. 
stay here now. Here it is, here it is. And when he had executed the last prophetic fulfillment, he said, as it is written, and he yielded up the Spirit, having said, Father, into thy hands do I commit my spirit. And the text says he laid his head to the side and gave up the ghost. That's how you finish well. That's how you finish well. That's how you finish well. You finish well by looking to God, by walking with God, by running with God, by trusting God. Saints, hold your position. Amen. Such a wonderful time here in God's Word. It's our hope and prayer that you're growing in grace as you take the time to study God's Word with us. We thank you for joining us. This is Way of Grace, the ministry of Grace Bible Church in Hayward. We would leave you with an invitation. If you enjoyed the time you've had with us today studying God's Word, please consider this a formal invitation to join us in person. Sunday services at Grace Bible Church in Hayward are at 11 a.m. Sunday schools at 10. And then, of course, the Friday Bible study. We've got a lot of folks from all over and from a variety of churches joining us Friday evenings at 8 p.m. for this Bible study. You're invited to either one. We're located at 20450 Royal Avenue. That's here in Hayward. And the zip code is 94541. You can also get directions at our website, grace-bible.com. Again, that's grace-bible.com. Or simply call for directions, 510-886-9782. That's 510-886-9782. As always, we have CDs available. You can download the messages off our website or call us and order a CD of today's broadcast or any program that you have heard here on Way of Grace. We'd be more than happy to get one out to you. You can call us at 510 886 9782, or stop by our website, grace-bible.com. We do thank you for spending time with us today. Trust we'll see you next time we get together for another broadcast of Way of Grace with Pastor Jessica Stan. Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime on any screen at snc.tv and local now channel 525.